to make it so I can breathe before I do the intro. <laughs> God, okay. Look upon ye at the soothsayers, at the fortune bringers, at the predictors of the future. It's the Nerd Under Geek podcast. What are we going to predict this week, Scott? For everything that we have foretold has come to pass. Half-Life. There's a new Half-Life. <laughs> we said it last, uh, I last said, time. I said, I said last last episode, I was like, Valve, get off your asses. Make a game. I said they were going to make a Half-Life once things got bad. And, <laughs> and look, here we look like, when, when they needed people to pay attention to them, they've got a new, st- a new VR they, console coming out. And they've announced they've a new released, Half-Life. They've, not released, they've announced a new Half-Life. Coming Fancy soon, that. March 2020. Coming soon, and about 10 people will be able to play it. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Everyone who has a Valve PC headset, or not just a Valve, but any no, PC headset. If you've got the Valve headset, you'll get it for free. Oh, yeah. The otherwise, you've got to pay for it. Valve one. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I thought I would just quickly start with, because last, last time we talked about Half-Life coming out, and then lo and behold, a week or so later, mm. new Half-Life announced. Yeah, I think... Doing doing a podcast this is as if you've never done one. It's a bit like where in the X Men where you get hooked up to Cerebro. Yeah, you're a bit like a Professor X. You can see all the gamers out there. Yeah, <laughs> I see. I feel. And that time, one of my, chi- saw... one of my children is scared. I saw uh, Gordon Freeman. No, he's not in it. Wait, no, Alex. He's not even her, in it. What's her deal? Uh, the, she was the a woman. character in Half Life Two. Yeah, there's a, between Half Life One and Two. There's a woman in it. I don't know if people yeah. are mad about that. Probably yeah. a woman maybe. of color as well. Don't forget about that. Is she? Yeah, Alex is a woman of color. Oh, uh, maybe it's been a she long is. time. And she's the daughter of Eli Vance, who is black. Yeah, yeah. Um, there you go. See? Okay, well, I, I never, re- I've completely forgot that um, who she was a daughter of. I'm surprised uh, people aren't furious. Yeah, I guess, I guess, <laughs> they're, they're, I'd, are they? I don't know. Maybe I don't, I don't care. I've frankly, not seen anything. But, um, so man, all right. Welcome to the Nerd Under Geek hey. podcast, uh, where we, we predict the future and talk about games, and sometimes not games. Um, how I'm I'm Cal Doughty, your host. Talk a lot about politics. We do. Uh, I've had a curry recently, so it's still settling on mm. in my stomach. So you might hear me do like a weird uh, noise every so every so often. But you know what can you do? Um, with me, as always, is everybody's friend Scott Hunter. Hi, Scott. Me, how Cal, are you, Cal? Cal. Yeah. Are you willing? Would you be willing to use the nuclear deterrent? I need to know. <laughs> Hang on, I got to think about it. <laughs> oh, yes. you piece, Nick. Yes, yes, yes. I, yes, I would. Uh, the, yeah. the correct answer is yes. I would just. To... Uh, you, you, you don't have to give me any context. Yep. I know it's just a, just a question of would you use it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> to be the leader of this country, you've got to get up on stage and you've got to say, "I will fire the nukes anytime." <laughs> Without provocation. <laughs> the question is always without context. Like, whenever yeah, any new like, potential prime nukes? ministers, would you fire the nukes? And they just take a pause and go, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Any time. Like... <laughs> I, when I become prime minister, I will instantly fire the nukes. <laughs> I love that they're never, given, they're never given a scenario or anything. It's just, in would the you, event would you fire them? Would that you, you wanted them? to fire them, would you fire them? Yeah, I guess so. No, I wouldn't. Um. <laughs> if, if, if it were me, I'd just get up with that. Yes, I, I will, and I will never stop. I will never stop firing you. 
Uh, uh, we, Metal we, Gear. We, in under my leadership, we want uh, all industry and uh, commerce in this country will be moved exclusively to the production and launching of <laughs> nuclear weapons. It's just constant. <laughs> just constant yeah. We need England to be the last remaining piece yes. of land in the world. Well, that's, that's the end game for Brexit, is we're just going to be no other world. We're going to launch so many nukes that it actually launches England into space. We exit the Earth completely. (laughs) Exactly. Proper Brexit. Uh, how are you, Scott? Yeah, I'm. I'm really well, thank you. Uh, how did your conference go? It's good. Yeah, um, I presented a paper. It went down really well. A lot of people were very happy to um to uh to have seen it. Uh, got good compliments on it, and their, everyone's paper was great as well. Uh, we had 15 speakers plus a keynote. Uh, yeah, 15. It, how long is each paper? Uh, 20 minutes. Bloody hell, that's a yeah. long time. So it's a uh, it's two day conference. So, <laughs> yeah, I bet. Do you yeah. have to sleep there? Or just, I, I, yeah, are, are you allowed I, to no, sleep? I, I um yeah, I got I spent the night in a hotel. Uh, that Did they pay fun. for it? Uh, I could expense it to my fund my funding provider. The conference itself did not pay for it, no. But I was oh, able God. to get it covered by my provider. God. Why is uh, the so, conference not paying for it? Uh, because the conference doesn't have any we had to pay them to attend, you have to pay a registration <laughs> That's just, you got you got suckered into this. Just, <laughs> I saw you uh, well, coming. The academic world is one big uh, sucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you, when you say I got suckered into this, you mean the PhD? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been really well. Um, it's my birthday soon as well. Uh, Happy birthday so. to Scott! Oh, thank you. Four days away. It's your Four birthday, d- or three days when you listen to this podcast, unless you listen you, to don't it after. Don't give them the my exact birthday. Well, I guess we got it now. Twenty eighth of November. And what's my mother's maiden name? <laughs> you don't need birthday is never a question, is it? Well, it can help. It's a, though. It's a basic it's security a, question, yeah, but it's not I like a, so. it's public well, knowledge. It's fine. They still don't know what year, unless they. I've mentioned my age at some point. I think we have mentioned Maybe. our age, considering we were both born in nine. Well, you know, you were born before me. Yeah, I was born before you. Yeah, because I was ninety-two. Um, oh, and now they know. Don't the other they? year. <laughs> Okay. I just want to, over the course of all of the podcasts, I want to like li- let out a little bit of information about us, us both. Like, uh, 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 so, so if someone wants to... Scott, do you remember the first street you ever lived on? What was, what was <laughs> and what was the name of your first school? Oh yeah. Look, right, if someone wants fir- to commit identity fraud on us, they actually have to listen to the podcast. Yeah. So at least we're gaining uh, viewers. This week on the Nerd Annual Geek Podcast, we're talking about names of our first pets. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so that's it's good, and I got the chance on the way. This conference was in Leeds. I'd never yep. been to Leeds before, but it was really nice what I saw of it. Yeah, and it's um, yeah, it's, it's fine. That's the first place that's getting nuked under my regime. <laughs> Goodbye, Leeds. Not Leeds. Yep, Leeds is gone. Oh damn, it's gone forever. <laughs> what later, was I going to say? I had a nice long train journey there and back in which to play some some Pokemon. Let's talk about some up. Pokemon. By the way, um, thank you for asking. I'm I'm good as oh, well. How are you? No, it's good. fine. I'm good. I heard you yes. had a curry recently. I did have a curry. Do you yeah, know where else you can eat curry? <laughs> in the new Pokemon video game. You can actually, yeah. That's yeah. not why I got it, but it did make me in the mood for, for, some, for some curry. Let's talk about Pokemon, which is a game we've both been playing this week. Yeah, it came out. It was It's good, so I'm enjoying Pokemon it. Sword and Shield for the Nintendo I'm playing Switch. Sword. I'm also playing Sword. Oh, okay. No, sorry, thought, I'm playing uh, Shield. Oh, okay, I'm playing sword. Damn. Cool. All right. Can you get me a um, Galarian Ponytar, please? Yeah, probably. I'll give you a Farfetch'd. So, at some point. All right, cool. That's the coolest deal. What do you think of it? Talk to me about, about right, Pokemon so Sword cool. and Shield. I've got, give me the I, made, I have to make a list for this because I've got... Okay. I've, so just to be clear, 
beforehand. I do like the game. Oh, I'm God, having a lot go. of fun with it. It's really, it's really fun. Um, and also, f- fuck the toxic members of the fan base who have been. I agree. Really, I mean, I've, I've definitely, I've heard reports of people like harassing other people on Twitter for enjoying the game. No, not okay. And not okay. Absolutely not okay. Um, so when I when I share some some criticisms of a game, <laughs> just be be aware that I'm not one of those. Is this going to become a Pokemon debate, Scott? Do I need uh, to introduce I this as a Pokemon debate? I don't think so because I've still got a lot of my likes still outweigh my dislikes on the list. Okay, so All right. well, I'm prepared in case it does. <laughs> okay, talk to You're, me about Pokemon. To instantly, prepared to to destroy me. Yeah, Cal Doughty <laughs> destroys. With the um, liberal, uh, give me who, uh, <laughs> give me the premise of the game, and then talk to me about your likes and dislikes. All right, so it's Pokemon, right? You got got <laughs> monsters, you yep. train them, you catch them. So it's set in um, the Pokemon version of Britain, yeah, of the UK. Um, great job on local on the setting. I thought they do a really really good job, amazing. Like you, yeah, very you're, you're very recognisably British. Your rival's constantly calling you mate. Which is a lot of people call you mates in this one, which, mm-hmm. is, which is really nice. Um, um, someone's yeah. described themselves as getting a bit shirty, which yeah, I thought great, was very good. The localization good. team re- did a really great job as well. So not only is the setting really good, uh, yeah, the localization team did a great job uh, using a lot of British slang. Yeah, like uh, it, it all feels like natural. It doesn't. Yeah, feel and stuff that people actually say as well in Britain. Yeah. Not it, like not what an American thinks that we say, but stuff people actually say. It's not like with the um, Sun and Moon one where they had where they made it the the land of Alola and then everyone says Alola when they intru- when they talk to each other and things. It's just that was odd. But whereas here, it all feels like really natural. Yeah. So um, you got to go around. Uh, it's a fairly conventional Pokemon story. Uh, you just got to go and get the gyms. It's There's- a bit different. So the the gyms the gyms this time. Uh, well, usually you just go around and get all the gyms yourselves. This time, um, it's the way the gyms work is it's a natural televised event that yeah. people get involved in, and people watch and things. You can only do them if you're actually chosen to do them. Like you have to actually be recommended to to do the gyms. And I don't know what sort of Tory universe this Pokemon Land is, <laughs> but bloody hell, like you have to be a, you have to actually be chosen, like to be a special boy to be chosen to go do the gyms or or know the right people, I guess. And then you're allowed to go do the Pokemon battles and you become famous. You have to have famous. gone to private school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> private Pokemon school. Uh, or you know you you can only be so. There's some nepotism involved here, where the the champion who's undefeated, by the way. Um, his brother gets to but do the you're, gyms. You're mates with his brother, basically. Yeah, you're so mates you with the brother of a you're champion. Mates with the mates of the right person. Then the other one, other person doing the gyms is someone called Bede, Bead, whatever. Uh, they're chosen. They're allowed to do it because they got chosen by the chairman of the company. So it's just like, oh, okay, not everyone could do these gyms. Um, but it's what I really liked about that is it's, it becomes an actual event in the in the world, and I actually quite like the way that they've done that. Yeah, so and um, when you go to a gym, it's like a football stadium. You've got to put on your football kit, your Pokemon yeah. kit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so uh, you, assuming most people know the premise of Pokemon, and there's not like much story beyond you've got to go around, do the gym challenge, so get all the badges, defeat the champion. Yep. Uh, win out. Presumably. But there's a few. Yeah, presumably. He's, un- he's not, undefeated. It got Scott. to the end. Yeah, exactly. He's got a Charizard. Just why I pick a water starter, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So that's the that's the general premise of it. You're you're taking part in this massive uh, gym event. Yeah. So really like the localization. It's it's got that basic you know the Pokemon gameplay is still there. It's still uh, fun to play Pokemon after all this time. Yeah. Um. And one of the other things that this game kind of brings is there's a big area called a wild area. 
Yep. Which is like a big open area in the game that you can run around in and catch Pokemon. I and likened it to Hyrule Field from Ocarina yeah, of Time. Yeah, because they kind of, it's not quite an open world, because you still have to go around like the main world, and, you know, it's like regular Pokemon, where you're, um, you know, you have a city, and then you have to go on a route between them and get in random yeah. trainer battles. Whereas the wild area is just kind of a, a, just more open space, but it's, yeah, like Hyrule Field, where you can run around. It is an area you keep coming back to over the course of the game. Yep, true. I've not been back yet, though. You'll you'll be forced to. Okay, you'll be told cool. to. And you go to like fight some some harder areas of the wild area. Yeah. And like um Pokemon Let's Go, Eevee and Pikachu, uh this game keeps um po- visible Pokemon on the overworld. I was really surprised by that because I thought that mm. wasn't gonna be the case. And yeah. I started playing the game and they were just there and I was like, Oh, it's everywhere. I thought it's just gonna be So obviously area. previous Pokemon games, uh you had to go through tall grass to get Pokemon to wild wild Pokemon. And now they're just kind of roaming. I love that. Yeah, it's good. It's definitely good for people for wanting to catch stuff. Although, all right, look, I like it, right? Go on. First, first criticism. Oh no! First, yep. get ready with your rebuttal, Cal. Okay. Um, but for me personally, I find it makes me quite anxious. <laughs> Why? Because in the tall grass, like you walk through the tall grass, you encounter Pokemon. And once you're done, it's like fine, you can walk away. In this one, there's always going to be Pokemon in that overworld, so yep. I'm always passing. I'm like, I can't leave them behind. I've got but to they're... get every Pokemon. But oh, right, yeah. They're, they're always going to keep spawning. Uh, you want to catch everyone. Even not, <laughs> not just have one of each. You want to catch every catch single one. Them all, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I can sort of understand it, but I don't think that, it's That's too... just my personality, though. So I don't think it's... You know, feel free to take that for me, just so kind of ranting. I'm kind of the same in that, like, once I see a Pokemon in an area, I won't stop until I catch that type of Pokemon. So I've very much sort of been trying to sort of go through it all almost in a completionist way of trying to catch everything that I see. And I think seeing the Pokemon in the overworld does add on to that because otherwise you're not going to know what's there unless you specifically run into it. But I take that to be a good thing. Like to me, that's 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 a positive because right, it means but that I'm... I kept I keep wanting to peer, being like, have I missed a type of Pokemon? Oh, Are right, they going to okay. spawn? See, I don't go that far. Um, I'm I'm just catching like what I see, which is okay. which is working quite well for me. I have to force myself to walk past it. But you could have been like that beforehand, in that like you don't know what's going to pop out of the wild because you can't even uh, well, see anything. One could be, but I was not. Oh, okay. So that's so just that my personal approach. Yeah. Okay. Right. What do you think about the the characters that you've come across so far? So how far into the game are you? We're not going to do have, like. It's not like to spoil, but it's not. We also not. I'm really just do about to do my first gym. I'm back okay. in the capital to do the gym. Yes. So you have to do the best gym so far. I've, okay. I'm I'm three gyms down. I'm about. I'm almost at the fourth one. I mean, the town mm. where the fourth gym is. Um, and yeah, the third gym is my favorite one so far. The gym stuff is really cool, I think. So the way oh, every yeah, so gym to, works, yeah. you have to do you have to do a trial first where like, so for the first gym, you have to herd some sheep. And for the second gym, there's some water stuff going on. Uh, I forgot what the <laughs> second gym was. A kind of easy was. puzzle. Yeah, I'd, I've forgotten what the second gym was already. I didn't think much of it. But then you get to the actual <laughs> gym battle itself against against the leader, and there's a whole crowd cheering you on and like shouting and things. And the atmosphere that that creates, I think, is really cool. Like more so than any gym battle in any of the other Pokemon games. I think these are like really, they like they feel like events. Like they feel like special events. I mean, it, it's framed game. as a football match. It is, yeah, and it's so... re- and the music's incredible. Like I was playing it the other day, and my girlfriend was in another room and just came in and was like, "This music is amazing," because like because you got the, the people chanting along once the gym leader gets to their last Pokemon, and it's, it becomes like a football match chant and things like, "Oh, it's 
it feels exciting. I get like really excited in those moments. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, it's good. I've not actually played one of the music on yet. What? I was on the train. Oh, why haven't you got headphones? Well, I, I've got my wireless ones, but to connect them to my Switch, I've got to get out of the aux cable. God, the music in the gyms makes it. Damn, sorry. It's so good. Uh, also, I'll all do, the music in this game, this is maybe the best music Pokemon's had in the game ever. Mm. It's really good. You're missing out. Okay, well, if you say so. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll listen to a bit of it. Give me some of your other thoughts on the game, then. What are your likes and dislikes? Oh. All right, so could you choose your character skin color in X and Y? Keep in mind, I've not played Sun and Moon, so this is the first Pokemon I've played since uh, X and Y. I feel like you could. You Maybe. could in X and Y, but not in um, Ruby Sapphire. I remember in Omega Ruby Alpha, Alpha Sapphire, they took a step back and didn't let you have that again. You had, they forced you to playing a white character. Yeah. Wasn't there... What Didn't Game Freak have a really mealy-mouthed excuse one time? For why you couldn't do it, or was that, that was Animal that Crossing? was Omega Ruby? That was Omega Ruby Albert oh, Alpha yeah. Sapphire, where they basically wanted you. They, they took wanted it you out. To play. They wanted to play as the main characters from the original games. Oh for yeah, reason. I remember because they took it out and they were like, "We're remaking Ruby and Sapphire." I did play Omega Ruby. Uh, yeah, I think Alpha Sapphire. But yeah, the worst they're, games. where they're like, "Oh, we're uh, we're taking it out because it's a remake." Yeah, uh, and you want to play as the character from the old games, but also we're including a woman this time. Yep. Oh, also, I remember playing Alpha Sapphire, and because that was like height of the 3DS, like, and we were really into Pokemon at that time. I remember yeah. thinking, oh, I've never played this game before. Like, surely it can't be as bad as everyone's saying. And then I fizzled out completely. Yeah, it's not a fun game. Mm. Uh, Ruby and Sapphire never really were. I think they're mm. probably the weakest of the yeah of the Pokemon worlds. Oh, this um, game has yeah. um has full 3D movement. It does. And yep. you can control the camera in the wild areas, which is weird in a Pokemon game. It's weird when you get back to the normal areas and you yep. can't control the camera anymore, but I get it. Um, also, I'm I'm really glad because I'm having kind of weird flashbacks to um, the city from X and Y. Do you remember the Paris style city? Oh, that God. was in a loop. But because the game only had four directional movement, yeah. Um, it was really weird to navigate. Yeah, that, that was kind of messy. But this one, full 3D movements. Um, I think it looks really nice. Like, I, it doesn't right. look like top of the range or anything, but I think graphic, like, now, now we're on to my, my first major, like, gripe. Oh, no, okay. Go on then. The game, it looks fine. Yeah, it looks fine. Like, it looks, it's acceptable, yeah. but it does not look in any way impressive, I don't think. No, I don't think it ever uh, looks uh, impressive. And I feel like, like, every game since X and Y, they're getting less and less credit for 3D visuals. Like, I really have to wonder, I, I want to ask a question. Why did Game Freak bother taking Pokemon into 3D if they're not going to, like, put any effort into the visuals? Okay. Um, interesting. Interesting, because, like, interesting thought view. On, on X and Y, like, 3DS, new generation, that was, like, I guess a technical achievement for the console, yeah. right? So everyone wanted to see Pokemon in 3D. But I think it's a case of, like, careful what you wish for, because... Now we're on the Switch, like, they're clearly capable of doing more. It just, it does not look any in any way interesting to me. Like, it looks kind of okay, but, like, there's not really much flair. Like, the Pokemon are barely animated. Like, it's interesting that you say that, because uh, uh, from certain areas which I go into, I think that the Pokemon are quite well animated. Like, I, I think that this, this game does have a lot of 
animation to it and that I think I feel that there's a lot of a lot of joy in some of the movements that characters make so like the, when you when you're you're like other characters are running around or when you see Pokemon moving about the way the Wulu sway back and forth or roll around on the ground I just think it's all like quite mm. bouncy and fun I, I think it is barely like bare bones what they could have done have you done I've... the Pokemon camp stuff at all uh yeah so in the Pokemon camp sometimes I'll just watch the Pokemon because they're all just mm-hmm. running around doing things so my my score bunny's evolution, I think it's called Raboot. Um, I chucked a ball the other day and it just run around kicking the ball, like running up to it, giving a little kick, running around to things. And then sometimes it had its hands in its pockets and stuff. I just find it all, I just, I find it all quite cute. It's, it's, it's definitely not like some incredible animation achievements by any means, especially when mm. you compare it to like Luigi's Mansion 3, which mm. is incredibly animated all the yeah. time for all of its sort of, sort of like texture issues or like some some like some issues in there. Um, but I do think it works, especially when you've got like so many Pokemon involved. Yeah, I think especially the battle animations for me were like yeah. quite that. I turned battle animations off quite quickly because I thought we just slowed things down. Some um, of them are pretty cool. Like I don't I don't the Dynamax battles Mm. Do, does that turn off animations for that as well? I don't know. I might turn them back on for a Dynamax. Because you're missing out, other, if if so, because some of the mm. Dynamax moves are like really incredible. Yeah, and I'm not saying I want like photorealism, like kind of the opposite, really. I want, I just feel like they could really have done something a bit more impressive. Like, and I, I said last week um, or last time that you know, in the sprite days, your imagination can kind of fill in the gaps a bit more. Yeah. And I can't help but think, like, imagine a Pokemon game. But with an Octopath Traveler visual style, I could see that. But yeah, I, th- I think, I think I'd be... rather they expand upon what they've got here. Like I'd quite yeah, like to see the... that's the kind of like, like that game had like flair, right? Even yeah, if it was like it was issues. I didn't. I didn't it... really like Octopath, Octopath Traveler, but I think but that's more for nice. gameplay sense. It did look nice though, and like it wasn't like the most graphically high tech game. No, but it just it had a visual flair, and I wish we could get like a bit more style. Yeah, I could I could agree with that. I think I think Poke- this is lacking a bit in style. Like it's it's it looks like it nice, looks acceptable. It, it looks, looks fine. fine. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I wouldn't say I was particularly impressed by the graphics. No, uh, at no, po- think, at no point I've, have I been impressed. By yeah, that. Um, honestly, I really wish Game Freak would take like five years off just to like build from the ground up a new like a new visual. Yeah, I, I could I could understand that. Uh, but you know, obviously, business will not allow them to do so. But um, what this game does do, like, Switch-wise, is one, it, we're able to have bigger open areas. There's a lot less loading screens now as well. Mm. Um, and the towns themselves are a bit more impressive than, like, bigger and things, you know? So we, we've, we've got that, at least, I guess. Mm. Where the, yeah, where like the, the world, like the, like the world the areas, feels more expansive. Yeah. But I feel like that's just kind of, like, standard. Like, obviously, on a more powerful console, yeah. you'll be able to have, like, bigger areas. Like what's what's um, nice here is being able to see other towns hmm. from the place where you are. So like when you when you leave your house and you can see the first town you're going to go to down the pathway, like a little ways down the road, that's quite cool and something which which hmm. Pokemon games haven't really done before. Like yeah, I think true. I think like that's cam- quite neat. The camera like angles and the way it's directed look yeah. quite cool. Yeah. Um, so all right, it's... let me add a bit more filling to this criticism sandwich. Go on then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Carrying on from that, cutscenes. I hated them all. <laughs> okay on the good side the game is quite flexible with the tutorials in the game yes so for example um you start out with pokeball straight away and you have a chance to like catch some wild pokemon and then if you've actually caught a pokemon 
uh, by the time it comes to the uh, the tutorial section, they'll be like, oh, you've got more, you know, you've got Pokemon in your party already. You obviously don't need to be taught how to catch Pokemon. Yes, so we're not cool. going to. That's good. So, like, there's a lot of flexibility for tutorials, but they're still there if you uh, if you need them. But also, if you have if you know how to do most of the stuff, you can just skip through. Great. But the game has quite frequent cutscenes yep. that take control away from the player and are often just completely facile. I'm, I'm talking about like, what, you and me, your rival. Give me some examples. Uh, you and your rival... Yeah. Um, you're in the t- for starting town, and he's like, "Meet me at the train station." And then you have a, and then it switches to a cutscene where you have a shot of your rival running down the street, standing yeah. outside the train station, and waving at you. Keep in mind that at this point in the game, you have already necessarily had to go to the train station. Yes, to meet to meet Leon. <laughs> so like, so you've already been there. It's not a big town. It's a Pokemon starting town. There's like five buildings in there, and still, when your rival's like, "Meet me at the train station," you have a long shot of him going down there waving at you, and then you walk like two feet down the road, and it's like cuts away again, and it's like, "Thank for meeting me at the train station." <laughs> uh, yeah, I could, I could, I could agree with that. I think, um, especially early on. There's a lot of those. I think it tends yeah. to it tends to ease off a little bit. Also, when you're staying at that hotel in the first, like the beginning of a Pokemon League, um, and they're like, "Do you let me walk you to your hotel?" and like the, the building that's like two seconds away, from the gym. <laughs> it's right next to where you are. Yeah, at least on the on in the morning, they're like, "Do you need to be walked there?" and you can say, "No, no, absolutely not." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I found, and it's the thing is, I'm. Just on the third gym, I still get annoyed at the cutscenes because often they're there to like show you stuff that should kind of be obvious, right? And I could, at, yeah. I mean, I at the very least, like they say, meet me at this other building in town, and you should be you should be able to like find your way there. In like a lot of other Pokemon games, they let you find your way there. Like you're going to get there eventually, aren't you? There's a limited number of buildings in the town. (laughs) Like there aren't that many buildings you can go inside. So cutscene wise, I quite like them just for getting more flavor for the characters themselves. I quite like the characters in this game. I I don't mind the dialogue, like the the talking bits. I just mean when they take control away from you to show you something that should be obvious or you should be able to find out on your own. I'm seeing quite a few people disliking Hop, and I think it's just because he's positive. Because Hal in um, Sun and Moon had the same response and that he's this yeah. positive person he's like yeah let's get going on this adventure and for some pe- reason like the the edgy pokemon fan base yeah. that apparently exists is really turned off by that which is why, so strange to me why can't you name your rival in this one i don't know he's he's just hop isn't he i don't know why but i've missed being able to name my rival i imagine he's going to be in the pokemon anime series and they wanted to sure. have some sort of like connection okay. there in this game you kind of have multiple rivals you do and i really like it hop is yeah. hop is really i really like hop he's this great positive force throughout mm. the entire game and no spoilers that changes a little bit later on like you mm. you see the other side of that as well you kind it, of have multiple rivals in x and y as well thinking about it x and y you have a group of friends who walk around together yeah. so you, you always see them together at the same time whereas in this there's three different people, each with their own objectives, who you come across. So there's Hop, there's uh, Bede, Bede? Bede, I don't, I don't know how to say that name. Bede, Bede. It's, it's weird. It's, it's a weird... Uh, he's, he's a guy who likes psychic Pokemon, and he's a, he's a dick. Is he he's, a guy? He's the... I, thought she, I thought she was a girl. 
Oh, maybe it is a good. Maybe don't we don't know. They're androgynous. Okay. They're, they're, well, yeah, they, whatever. They in, don't really have a specific uh, gender. Not not ever stated, as far as yeah, I exactly. can tell, over the game. So. Um, they're but they're a dickhead. I think that's probably why I think they're a guy because they're an asshole. Um, <laughs> who think that they're the best? They're the Gary of this game. Like okay. they they very much treat you like Gary through all of this, and they're like, oh, you're not you're not as good as me. I'm Even though beat you beat them every time. Yeah, they're of course. Like, yeah, <laughs> they still think they're yeah. the best. Mm. And then you have Marianne, who's just another person who's wanting to do the gym the gym battles, but she has a team of football hooligans who follow her around and get in everyone yeah. else's way. Like she's a nice person, but she's mm. just got a horrible load so, of dickheads who follow her. So this is good. I like that the um part of the game is about having a toxic fan base. Yes. It's because it, the team of this one, Team Yell, are they, they don't have an evil plan. They're no. just a toxic fan base for one of these Pokemon trainers. They think that they're supporting this Pokemon trainer, but actually they're ruining it for everyone else. Like, yeah. They think they know best. It, I, I absolutely love that. It's as if Game Freak knew. <laughs> it's, it's definitely yeah. a meta commentary, right? It has to be. Yeah, obviously. There's no way that that isn't there. Mm. Um, Team Yell are fantastic, and that whole Marianne thing. Because Marianne is a really nice character and a very yeah. friendly trainer who like seems to actually like that she's doing this this whole journey. She apologizes for what Team Yell mm. do, but she's sort of just like, I can't really stop them, sorry. They're, they're just going to yeah. carry on. Um I don't know if that will change later on, but I really like her. But Team Yell, especially mm-hmm. one football hooligans as the main, as one of the main enemies, brilliant. Um, especially with their with their Vuvuzelas, which they which they blast into at the start of every battle. Mm. Um, so at the start of every battle, you just get a little before yeah. you fight. Obviously, you it's toxic fan bases and also kind of football hooligans as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah, which is um, well, you know, maybe one of the classic toxic fan bases. It is exactly, and I, I really like that they put that in the game. Like they, they, there isn't a a team rocket equivalent here because it's just taken up by this. I don't know how people have reacted to that, but if people have reacted negatively to it, then it's very funny because they've missed the point. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think they're really cool. Um, so those are the three main rivals, and I like that. I like that you've got these different um, aspects to your rivalry with people. Like there's, there's these three tra- trainers mm. who are unconnected. Who are there, but you have some sort of different relationship mm. to them. It's simple, yeah, so, like it's not in mm. depth, but it adds. It's it's nice and it adds a bit more to yeah. the game that's not usually so, there. So, so as a player, I mean, I do prefer the. Uh, and this is just my personal preference. I do prefer the um the kind of bigger Pokemon stories, like from Black and White. Yeah. Um, I think on Black and White itself was like a step back because I think Diamond and Pearl had the most like cataclysmic story. <laughs> Diamond and Pearl has you messing with time and space. Yeah, so I think black and white, <laughs> black and white, which was about still like a world-ending event, yeah. is was like a de-escalation. And then from like X and Y, I think they really like scaled it back. I'm uh, reaching a point in the story where I think there's a bit more going on than it at first seems. Like there's something going on with the chairman, I think, who's. It turns out he owns everything, like all the infrastructure. Oh, yeah. so in the there's co- like a country. weird like capitalism commentary on this because yeah. one guy does like own everything in the Pokemon world, and he's treated as a good guy. Yeah, but also maybe he's not. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, like there's some cool stuff there. There's that creature <laughs> you find in the forest early on. Like there's there's some stuff yeah. behind the scenes that I think as I'm hitting the midway point of finally coming to the forefront a mm-hmm. bit more. Um, I've just found out a bit more about the history of the world and what what was called the darkest day. And how that was stopped. So there's what, I think there's some Brexit stuff going day. On. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey. Satire. <laughs> yes. Oh, so but seriously, um... vote, vote Labour. <laughs> please, please. I think will we have another podcast before election day? 
before the 12th of December. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Yeah, we will. We've got one. Right before it. Yeah. <laughs> so we got one more uh, before election day. <laughs> God, okay. Um, Ooh, register to vote, people. What do you think about the actual gameplay itself? Like, so, like, it, it's Pokemon. I it's don't Pokemon. know what more exactly. I can I say about it, it. I think it runs really well. Like, I don't really have. Yeah, there's no favorite drops at all. Like, I think there was a little bit very early on, but now that I'm into the main bit of it, I don't really see any frame rate drops. All of this talk I saw ahead of time of how bad it was going to be, how there was no Pokemon, how it was going to have like how the world froze when you climbed up a ladder and things. I feel like I'm playing a different game to what everyone else is playing. Yeah, well, it's almost like all their opinions were based on, like, rumours and tech demos. Yes. It's very strange, but I feel like I'm... I'm going to make a big statement here. I know I've not Mm -hmm. finished the game yet, but this is the most fun I've had with a 3D Pokemon game. Like, I'm enjoying this more than X and Y. I'm enjoying this more than I enjoyed Sun and Moon. Um, Definitely more than Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. But this is maybe the most fun I've had with a Pokemon game since Mm. Black and White 2. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to beat those overall, but certainly I'm not getting bored, and I'm I'm really like sinking my teeth into it quite deeply. In that, I'm taking my time with it. Um, I'm 20 hours in, and I've not done the fourth gym yet, which is you know that's that's a decent oh, that's amount of time. Impressive. Exactly, yeah, it's mm. a decent amount of time. I'm really savoring the experience because I'm really enjoying it. You know, I'm doing all these different things that are available to me without feeling the need to just rush through it. And it's because I'm new, really enjoying the world and being part of it. New Pokemon designs, very good. Most the new them. Pokemon are amazing. The, 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 the regular Pokemon. normal ones, so like the Wooloo and um, that that's, that chipmunk squirrel one, they look great, even though they're the shitty starter Pokemon. Um, but I love oh, all the new Pokemon. One more thing about the graphics. Some of the weather effects in the wild area can be really annoying, like the, like the rain. In what way? There's like just like big clouds that's like getting away of your vision. I don't know if I've I seen any rain. I find it really kind of dismal. I've not seen any rain in the wild area. Really? I've seen, oh, wow. I've seen snow, but first, no rain. That was the first weather effect I got, and it really pissed me off. Because <laughs> I, was like, I, I want to see this big, wide open area, yeah. and like my vision's being obscured by all these rain clouds. Uh, yeah, I've not seen any of that. I've also, so, have you got any more negatives that you wanted to raise? Um. Yes, the online cool. mode kind of sucks. That's what I was going to go for as well. Yeah. The online in this is abs- an absolute travesty. Like, it's a step back, significant step back from the previous games. Whereas X and Y had a little thing on the bottom screen where you just see what other trainers were up to all the time. Here, that's still there, but connecting to other people is so difficult. Yep. To trade with people, you can't just trade with your friends. You both have to do a link trade... Through the online thing. They've kept the Let's Go Eevee um, Pikachu mode. You have to put yeah. in a four-digit code mm. to connect Which with the other person. Which can sometimes mess up. Yeah, and, and if, some, if someone limited... else in the world puts in that same four-digit code... And there, there are only a limited number of four... Di- there's only 9,999 <laughs> four-digit codes you can have. Yeah, so if someone else in the world at the same time is putting that four-digit code, you might connect to them instead. I have no idea why you can't just connect to your friends. Yep. Well, I don't know why they don't use like friend codes and the friend system, which is inbuilt into the Switch. Yeah. Oh, I I think I could tell you why they don't do that though. Why? Because for some reason, um, the Pokemon connection cuts off your your Switch's connection. Brilliant. So like when I'm playing Pokemon, it doesn't show me as online playing Pokemon because it if I'm in local play, it cuts off my cuts off my internet connection. Wow. So, but like, can you link to like? previous Pokemon games 
or not? Can no. Do you have to do it through like the online box system? I think you, there's a new online box system which isn't out yet, uh, where you can okay. move Pokemon that are available in this game across to this game. But okay, why wouldn't sure. just keep won't just yep. get them catching from this game? Um, yeah. As of right now, you can't move your Pokemon across from Let's Go. Okay, so there's no reason for Game Freak to be using the same old online system apart from this. Did it's worse than the old ones? Yeah. It's, it's, I don't understand it. Like I don't understand why it stops your Switch from connecting online. Mm. It's really, really odd. I don't know if yeah. it's like a, a problem with the Switch's connection. Does it require a Nintendo Online subscription to use? Yes. And yet it doesn't use any of the Switch's like, online features? No. Ooh, it's Christ. the worst part of the game, easily. When you do yeah. online in the wild area, the performance tanks complete, completely as well, like considerably. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's basically, you know... I don't understand. I don't, the, the, the online is bad. bad part that's of the, game. the that's the only bad part of the game, and it's, mm. it's something I haven't really touched. Mm. I've tried to do some trades with a friend. We never connected to each other. Mm. It was bad. But How otherwise, do you feel about the fact that some of the game's sound options are locked behind a random NPC? The old games didn't even have sound options. Well, but even so, but because the old games didn't have them, doesn't mean this game shouldn't, and also doesn't mean that they should. You should have to talk to a random NPC who you can easily miss in order to like get them. Just I put them in. I just, I, don't, I, don't, I guess I just don't care because I don't really change the sound options much at all. But you know, I've, I, it's such a weird decision. It is. However, I've always appreciated Pokemon's insistence to making all the options mean something in the world in some capacity. So, like, when you bring mm. up the menu, like your Pokemon, Pokedex and everything, all of that is on your phone, like your character's phone. So to have another option built into that is adding something to your character's phone. So like, I, get I, what feel like... I get what they're doing. I don't think it's I don't think it's a good way of doing it. Like, it should have just been in there at the start. But I sort of get what they're doing from a... From a okay. I, I feel like some world people building standpoint might, might need these sound options. Yes. And they should just be put in. I agree. Uh, I agree, but I also still think it's kind of interesting to have the option. Like, it just gets added to your phone as an extra thing. I think at the start of the game, they should be like, "Do you want to play Pokemon uh, in stupidly cryptic mode?" <laughs> and if you say yes, then all these kind of things get locked behind NPCs. And if not, then you can just um, have the it there. Is, the NPC is on the main path. Like, I came across them very right, quickly. But you can easily not talk to them. I guess you could. I know people who have not talked, who did not know this was a thing. Who doesn't talk to all the NPCs in the game? Uh, some people, a lot of people. Idiots. You should okay. talk to every NPC. They have how, how useful do you feel information. About, how do you feel about XP share being mandatory? Fine. I used it in the old games as well. I, I think yeah. it's, I th- it's... It makes just makes things easy. You don't have to grind other Pokemon individually. It's just so, what's the word? Easy, sir. <laughs> exactly. That's a quote from my own play. <laughs> yeah. You've just quoted your own, your own play. Oof, I have, I have no issues with XP share. I use it in X and Y. I think we I, both I do. use it. I do think it comes with some... It's good. No no more grinding. I think it comes with a few downsides. What are the downsides? Uh, the main one is, like, in the past, you had to... To get a Pokemon to level, you had to actually go out there, use it in battle... And that would, for me, that would foster a greater like sense of like connection with a Pokemon, which is kind of like the point of a game. Uh, sure. Whereas the XP share, you, I mean, I still do. Uh, and to be fair, this gives me the lessons the more I played this game because I still do use the Pokemon I want to level in battle because that will give them a greater share of the XP. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it just is. It feels a bit if you just have a Pokemon kind of hanging out in your party. It, you don't quite feel the same way about them. I could, I could understand that. Um, I don't think it's 
again, I, I hate to be the, the, the opposite view of this, but I get why for some people I'm, I'm not be an saying issue. that XP share shouldn't be there. No. I think it's a good feature. I just think maybe allow people to turn it off if they want. I guess for some for, people that would be I guess they issue. balance the game around. Yeah. yeah. But for me, it encourages me to have more than just a team of six. Yeah, that's true. You said you were doing a rotating team of 12, which I've I was like, got, that's a cool idea. I've got a little bit more than 12 now, actually. I have, I basically, I try and keep them all around to equal levels, which actually means that I'm using all of my Pokemon because I'm switching them in and out quite regularly. Yeah. And the ability to yeah, do so, so wherever I want is... True. And I started doing that as well. It does encourage you then to yeah keep a greater team, a greater roster. And not just have your favourite team of six. You know, you have... Uh, yeah. Ash in the anime is constantly switching his Pokemon up. True, true. You know, it, it, it allows you to do that. In the times yeah. where I didn't have XP share, it was hard enough to keep a team of six leveled. Yeah, but now, true. with my team of 12 that I talk about regularly, I'm about at the level where the other trainers are and sometimes a little bit lower. So it works yep. out quite well for me. Um, I think yeah, it just, I agree. Just need to adjust your play style accordingly. Like I get mm. you're not playing exactly. But Cal, I should never have to adjust anything. Yeah. Pokemon <laughs> should be what I want all the time. <laughs> XP share should be an option. I, I think yeah. I think it sh- in the previous games it was an optional hey, thing. Maybe it's locked behind a random NPC. There you go. We don't know. <laughs> there you go. You sh- maybe we should do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, also, um, I was going to say, oh, and the game, like, the game has become much more transparent in regards to, like, Pokemon stats. Yes, I think that's good. And now I think, I believe, once you complete the game, uh, you'll just get, like, an NPC who will just make your Pokemon good. Really? Yeah, I that's, think, I think, that's, he was just like, I'll news. just, like, give your Pokemon, like, ideal, like, hidden stats. Oh, cool. Okay, yes. that's that's good news because and I... you can also for the first time as well you can like adjust nature as well. Yeah. So if you have Which a Pokemon you've become quite attached to, you don't have to get rid of that Pokemon because it's not perfect. Yeah. Because I, perfect. I've never understood like this style of play where you look at a Pokemon and you're like, oh, it's trash. They throw yeah. it away. Well, like, done... You're meant to you're meant to play with like your friends, your friends who are Pokemon. I've done competitive Pokemon before, and it is very much like that, like, trying to get the perfect team. And then you, when you, the thing is, once you become get that perfect team, you do become attached to them. But mm. before that, you are chucking away, away a lot you're of just, babies. Yeah, disposing. You're, yeah, you're exactly. breeding. You're mass breeding Pokemon to get the perfect one, and then get rid of all the others. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's, right, more that's things that are really good in this game. Uh, cool. Dynamax, I like. Dynamax it's just really so cool. cool the way they grow so big and they look different and they make they mm. give this screaming noise of their their shout is really great. Um, curry Quest is brilliant. The cu- Curry Quest? Yeah, that's what I called it, Curry Quest. <laughs> so when you're in camp, you get to make food for your Pokemon. I really enjoy that minigame. There's a whole minigame based around making curry. You can get better uh, at it, and you, you like you can mess up or burn it and things. It's um, I really enjoy that. Yep, I really like the Curry Quest. The food um, always looks bad, but it's bop, bop <laughs> apparently it's nice. From wherever you are. Yeah, great, great, great that's quality great. That's Probably the best addition ad- of this... Game. No, Scott, assistant. it makes it too easy. It's too much quality of life. You should yeah. have to run back to the yep. Pokemon Center every oh, time you want to move Oh, actually, my favourite my favorite new feature of this game is that once you've fought a Pokemon um, for the first time, um, you can, during battle, look up its um, information, so look up its type, yep. and also if the game will tell you uh, whether your moves are going to be effective, super effective, no effect, or not very effective. Great, absolutely. It Great, doesn't, because you don't now have to memorize you don't have stuff. to. I don't have to sit there with a um, a tight matchup chart. And I did. And previously. Yeah, I did because I like I, I I mean you can remember some obvious ones, but it's like when a Pokemon comes out, being like, what type is it? Like, yeah. and some Pokemon or, don't I, look like the types that they are. Exactly. 
And I'm sure there are some chuds out there who are like, you just have to get good and remember. <laughs> but it's, I feel that's a really good fit. And you still have the like mystery because the first time you fight them, like you won't know. Yep. And then, yeah, you, uh, but now after that, you can just, it will tell you. Absolutely. And that's good. Yeah. Oh, great. and finally, I really love how every time you fight your rival and you use a Pokemon, his Pokemon's weak against. He, you're like he, he's in surprise. Is like you've mastered type matchups yeah, every time. <laughs> every time he's surprised that your po- your water Pokemon beat his fire Pokemon. Also, at what point did the rivals in Pokemon games start picking the type weakness to yours? This is the I'm first time. Sure. Okay, because in the older games, they would always pick. For, they'd always have advantage on you. Yeah, I believe this is the first time that happens. It's because, um, but then another character later on will pick, will have the stronger one. Like it will mm. affect a different character's Pokemon that they have. Okay. I think it's to force you to learn type matches matchups a bit <laughs> better, because you in that first battle with your rival, you defeat his. Fir- he's got two Pokemon. You defeat the first one, which mm. causes your Pokemon to level up and gain its type effective move, which yeah. you can then oh, use yeah. on his second Pokemon. So it's it's a t- it's a tutorial basically to let okay. you learn that your moves are going to be stronger against certain types. I think it's a okay. neat way of doing it personally, mm. especially because they're trying uh, yeah. to onboard people a bit a bit better. Mm. Pokemon's always been you know, quite trying, good at onboarding, yeah. but I mean they're trying to like transition the Let's Go crowd yeah. and the and the Pokemon Go crowd, which is still as we learned last week very popular, absolutely into the mainstream Pokemon games. Yeah, so it just makes sense to have a bit more mm. transparency early yeah. on. Cal. Can we talk about? Can we take a visit to um, Weird Eurogamer Review Watch? Go on. I don't want to just call out Eurogamer, but no, well, yeah, let's let's do it. But because Thanks. what was the other weird review? Oh, that was Outer Worlds. We mentioned Outer Worlds weird review where they were like, "This game is good, but what if it was something else?" Yeah, and we kind of have. Um, it's just odd. A similar. So here's the, the I love Eurogamer. Sorry, the, the opening part. I like Eurogamer, by the way. Just this isn't this is meant to be like in good humor yeah. with Eurogamer because obviously I like Eurogamer. The reviewer is perfectly entitled to their opinion, you know. But this is just in good fun. Um, but it so is odd. here's <laughs> a bit odd. First paragraph from their Sword and Shield review. Did you know that Dynamax and Gigantamax Pokemon, the jumbo stay puffed forms of little creatures, can rather endearingly oh stay puffed forms your little creatures can rather endearingly assume during certain battles are actually just projections. Your barely two foot tall Pikachu isn't actually growing to the height of a skyscraper or the girth of a ch- classic chunky design for that matter. It's just an illusion. A smart way to combine the AWOL, slightly unworldly Z moves and mega evolutions of previous generations into a single spectacular three turn mechanic in battle, sure. But the scale of those battles, the spectacle, is fake. Yeah, no um, shit. It's yes, a video has game. This person kind of discovered that video games are not real. <laughs> It's a really weird way to, to. It's a weird. So I, the overall argument, like fine, he's saying it feels a bit underwhelming. Um, I disagree, but with like, it, but whatever. It's yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah, like that's fine. But like, perfectly. I'm not gonna be like this. Rivero doesn't know what he's talking. about. Yeah. fine. Like, perfectly. I can have their opinion. It's great. Um, but yeah, I just feel like it's a really weird way of being like this game is a hollow experience because uh, because Zenmu, I know it's not, not real. They're not really, yeah. It's just a weird way to put yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's strange. I, 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 I'm not quite sure what they're saying. <laughs> Are they just saying that, like, when your Pokemon grows big, it doesn't that make that much of a difference, or it's not that big of a deal, or what? I don't. The mm. game makes a big deal of out of it, and maybe it's not that big of a deal. Is what they're saying, right? 
Yeah, well, I think he's saying, like, the new features that Sword and Shield promises are not actually that good or, like, don't really fulfill those promises. Just in a but, weird okay. way. But, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's not uh, real. <laughs> just, just, just a kind of fun uh, way to put it. Yeah. Well, well, um, well Cal, done, have you played? Have you any, anything more to say about Pokemon? Have you played anything more? Oh, I'll, one more thing about Pokemon. I really like some of the rival trainers uh, are, are the little kids from the Pikachu costumes running around the grass. Do you think they're a Pikachu? And then... Yeah, no, train that, out, that's, that's, that's quite fun. Um, not much more I like to say. How... I think Hop's Go. great. I, I really love that Hop is insistent that he's your rival when he's definitely not. He's Every every time yeah. you finish a battle, it's like, you won't catch me, but I, I'm your rival. You're like, <laughs> okay, Hop. Okay. <laughs> See you later, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I like how when you um, are about to get in the sight of a wild trainer, the, like, the screen changes a bit. You get like the little visual effect that lets you know that's a really good way to handle yeah. the full 3d movement and yep. to make sure you don't get caught out uh, yeah absolutely uh oh the you know, other thing i really have to say about it is that i think it's a lot of fun it's maybe one of the most fun games i've played this year it's um, a lot of fun it is, it's, it's a great game but i mean to be uh, to be honest like no one needs to be told now whether they're gonna like a pokemon game um, I'm sure if you, if you didn't like Pokemon before, this game's not going to convince you. But if you've but. never played a Pokemon game, I think it's a perfect starting yeah. point. Yeah, I think it's maybe it. the best starting point you could Absolutely have for a Pokemon for game. And um, I'm sure there are loads of kids out there loving it right now, and they don't even care about any of the things we've said. <laughs> but they should. Um, let's. There's not a lot else I've played the past couple of weeks. Children of Mortar just came out for Switch, and I might get that. What is that? It was that game I was talking about a few weeks ago. Uh, kind of roguelike like cool-looking game. Uh, it got really good reviews, and I wanted to play it. And I've got some eShop credit, so I might play it, Scott. Oh, I just wanted to have a, a little something about Luigi's Mansion 3 that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago, I gave it a bit of bit of stick for for its graphics not being that particularly Yeah, you were right grumpy about it. Um, I still stand by what I said. And you didn't hear him after the show listeners. <laughs> he really went off. Uh, he says some things that are really unforgivable. I stand I by what I said in that <laughs> I think that some of the models that they use for, for some of the set pieces and things aren't too great. Um, but I do take back the idea that it was an upscaled 3DS game because some of the later areas have some really cool stuff going on and it actually looks quite spectacular. Uh, there's a okay. bit with some water and the water effects are really great. Um, you're, you're like sailing around on a little dinghy. Um, it's just, it's it's really nice and, and good. And that's, um, so I take it back a little bit about that. All right, can, can you say sorry next level game? Apologize to developers. Absolutely not because I've stopped playing that game <laughs> out of frustration. Um, there's, there's really? Some, do you find some, it frustrating? I don't think the controls are quite up to snuff for what they're trying okay. to do with that game. All like right. as a boss we later still need on... So you play some more multiplayer. We do. There's a boss later on though, which requires you to do some things quite quickly, and the controls just don't quite work for it. So okay. I just got frustrated. Also, like I'm near the end, but the amount of backtracking you have to do in what is quite a short game is a bit shit. Like mm -hmm. you have to go back to the floors that you've been to multiple times because you've got the thing you need, but then oh, a ghost stole it again. You got to chase it down. Yeah, but they do that a lot. It happens like three or four times and it's mm -hmm. frustrating every time so i've stopped playing yeah. it for a bit i'll probably go back to it um mm. but i was just like pokemon's out now i'm not yeah. enjoying this as much as i was and pokemon's our last major release of the year exactly yeah so it's um, apart from i think reach is coming out for xbox game pass oh we're gonna play that together right? reach. well we're gonna play that we're gonna do a full co-op run yep of, stream uh, it all reach yep it'll be good we'll make sure have to make sure we make time for that okay um news 
Yeah, news. we've done fifty-four minutes of Pokemon talk. So that's, that's fine. It's what news. people want. It's a big game. It is. It's yeah, absolutely. Um, the <laughs> the Sonic trailer. <laughs> uh, we, we've not got a lot of news foolish. this week. It's a slow news week, so yeah. let's talk about the Sonic trailer. Yeah, um, it, he looks slightly less ghoulish. He looks like Sonic. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You look. It looks. Um, I really, you know, what I really want. In when they release it on Blu-ray, uh, can they put the original cut in as an extra? Oh, please! That'd because be so honestly, good. like, it looks better now. Like, like I said, you know, less unsettling. But for me, they've taken away a reason to see that movie <laughs> because I, I don't really have any interest in the Sonic movie just as a concept. But I was interested in like watching that horrible nightmare. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, now so now like I probably won't see it. But if they release it as an extra on the Blu-ray, then I'll buy that Blu-ray. I think it's still gonna be a and bit of a Cal, nightmare. Because they've not changed the script. Sonic, Sonic on Blu-ray. I get He's it. the blue blur. Get it. I like, like it. Yeah. Well obviously they need to do something. The, the the cover of the disc could have him in a ball. Yeah. On the disc. Could come in a ball shaped container. Oh god. Yeah, you you've got it. You've got it. Um, exactly. I really yeah, like so that like, Jim Carrey is going full Jim Carrey. Like I like yeah. that he's back and doing that, which is quite nice. Mm. I, I think it looks fine. It looks fine. It's, it's going to be. It's a movie for like kids, so it's not really yeah. aimed at us. It's going to be as bad as it was when he had the horrible look. Like like it's just of, like, not script wise. We're just not going to get the like creepy pasta posts in twenty years from this current generation of children being like, "Do you remember the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? <laughs> Didn't it look a bit weird? Didn't it scare you? I used to have nightmares about Sonic coming and eating my, my heart." My mum, I t- visited my mum in the care home yesterday. She said, "You were always so cute watching Static. Yeah. You always loved your Sonic movie." <laughs> uh, it'll be fine. Um, I'm gonna watch it. It's out on 14th of February. It'll be... Valentine's Day. It'll be fine. You're um, taking your girlfriend for Valentine's? You know it. <laughs> you know it. Uh, Bethesda. Remember them? Makers of Skyrim yeah, and stuff? I, I remember Bethesda. They have shut down... They the... used to make video games, didn't they? <laughs> I think they still do. Uh, they shut down the Prey developer, Human Heads Studios, and then they've used that team to open a new studio? Okay. I don't understand. Um, so they, the Human Head Studios launched a game earlier earlier this week. Uh, and then they, they they also produced the original Prey and supported blockbusters like Bioshock Infinite and Batman Arkham Origins. But that company is being shut down and then reopened <laughs> as a different company right, called Roundhouse Studios. Were they owned by Bethesda before? Was Human Head owned by Bethesda? Uh, don't th- oh maybe not actually okay so, so I think owns pro- them now. probably probably like the human head probably has some liabilities mm. um you know so they've become employed by Bethesda I think they've made some okay games but like some maybe it's not some uh, not great games well, let me they have they released two prey games didn't they both of which took ten years to make and both of which nobody liked <laughs> okay yeah so oh they made the quiet know. man. Oh! Oh no! They made the Quiet Man score. All right. Well, good luck at your new careers, guys. Um, <laughs> I wish. No, I mean, I don't. I'm not going to wish them like ill will. Like, go ahead. 
I mean, they just they effectively got bought by Bethesda, but Bethesda didn't want the liabilities of a previous company, so they just made a new one. And they've kept all the staff together, so that's good, I guess. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm glad. I'm not. Uh, I don't want to see them unemployed. So. No, me neither. Me neither. Um, <laughs> we've got yeah. an- another company similar who, to. Cal, who would you like to see unemployed? <laughs> Boris Johnson. <laughs> Boris Johnson. Game Freak for the bad Pokemon game that they made that doesn't have all my favourites. <laughs> no. Uh, speaking of a, co- a team that could have been unemployed if it, or will be unemployed if this doesn't go to plan, uh, Bioware, have a, there's, there's, there's rumours behind the scenes where they're going to be completely redoing Anthem. They're going to be Final Fantasy XIVing it. According, uh, this is according to, uh, to Kotaku. Uh, you know what? I'll believe it when I see it. Um, so this is from Kotaku. Recent silence and a couple of high-profile departures from Bioware have led fans and pundits to speculate the studio has abandoned its most recent game, Anthem, which came out this year, by the way. Yeah, fucking hell. Anthem came out this year. Yep. But the opposite is true. For the last few months, Bioware and parent company EA have been planning an overhaul of the online shooter according to three people familiar with those plans. Some call it Anthem 2.0, and some call it Anthem Next. Oh. <laughs> Many of the details are still in flux, and there's no clear timeline for Anthem Next project just yeah. yet. <laughs> tell, me, tell me that much. No <laughs> clear timeline. In fact, from what I've heard, the developers at Bioware haven't even decided how it'll be distributed. They're still figuring yeah, out whether updates should be released all at once. Conventional or, for Anthem. Or over an extended period of time. It could be overhauled for a series of updates like No Man's Sky, or it could get a game-changing expansion like Destiny's critically acclaimed Taken King. Uh, they're even considering releasing Anthem Next as a brand new game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it's unlikely they'll charge full price to Anthem players. Could you imagine, right, because I could see it going this way, they do all this work on a new Anthem game, and then make people rebuy it to get the good yep. one. Yep. I think that'd be so good. That could happen. I would love it. I would love it so much. Because what what Square did with Final Fantasy XIV, which was a bad game when it released, they did all this work. They did a load of updates with the base game. And then they shut the base game down and re-released a new version called A Realm Reborn. If you owned the base game, you got the new version. But if you bought the game in time in the future, you were just going straight into the new version with no way to play the mm. old game. Which was a good way of doing it. You know, you kept, you kept fans happy and everything. Um... I could see this going the other way. Well, the thing is, Cal, Anthem has no fans to keep happy, so... But you could say that about the original Final Fantasy XIV, although it did have its dedicated fan base, which kept playing anyway. Mm. I'm not sure if Anthem has that or not. Yeah. I mean, look, you got to remember one thing. These companies will fucking lie to you. Yeah, of course. Like, you remember when they said before Anthem released that they were gonna, they had a content roadmap. All these companies have a roadmap now, yeah. so they've all these content was gonna be released, and then they said, "No, we're not doing that. We're actually just fixing bugs." And then they abandoned the roadmap. Yeah, it's not really had so, any proper you know, updates recently. It's so yeah, and they cancelled all the updates they planned, and then they come up with actually we're doing this other thing. You know, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't care. I'm not going to play Anthem. For what it's worth, it's not been announced or anything. This is just like what Jason yeah, exactly. Schreier from Kotaku has found out. So, so, you know, if, look, if anyone out there is still playing Anthem, I hope you get the game that you want. You know, I, I hope you have fun playing it. I'll say you only get one launch in games, you know. But that's not you necessarily know, I, true. Like, I said the same about No Man's Sky. I was like, and No Man's Sky was a much better game. Yeah. But I said the same 
which is like, I'm glad the people who like it got the game they wanted in the end. I no longer care. Like, even when people are saying No Man's Sky is good again, or good, you know, for the first time a year after it released, I don't care. I always like, liked it, No Man's Sky. Games have moved on. Yeah, and that's fine. I'm glad you, like, you enjoyed it. But I think in games, you only really get one launch. And when you mess up as bad as Anthem did, I don't really think there's much coming back from that. But what about Final Fantasy fourteen? Which did which did come back from it? Like it got it had a, a awful launch, and now it's one of the biggest yeah, MMOs I think, ever. I I think that's like one more of a niche example in a way. Okay. But like, what's a player count with Final Fantasy fourteen? Oh, it's 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 second only to World of Warcraft in terms of MMO but like players. what? Hmm, but what is like the player count? I think it's around two million. Yeah, I mean that did all right, and they managed. To, but um, I feel like in a lot of cases. Like, you're not going to get the... It's not going to become the big success that they want it to I be. I think you can't do the relaunch anymore because all games yeah. are games of a service now. Like, when Final Fantasy XIV did it, you only really... You didn't have many other MMOs. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like a massive a massive thing. Whereas nowadays, you're competing with every other game, yeah. which is also a, yeah. a live there service. There were quite a few MMOs when Final Fantasy XIV came but, out. But, but yeah, every game now every wants game to be was a, like a, Every game MMO wants it. to be a live service. Yeah. So that's um, what Anthem's competing with now. And I think most people probably have yeah. just moved on. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, they failed, completely failed the launch. At least Final Fantasy fourteen had the Final Fantasy name. Yes, that's true. Uh, it wasn't some new so, IP. Yeah, um, I really, I'll believe it when I see it, but it's I don't sh- think it'll be any good. It's a shame because Anthem was one of the games I said on our podcast at the start of the year of games I was looking forward to that year. Oh, I forgot about I think that. I well, even said, there's no way this could be bad. <laughs> what? <laughs> I t- uh, that's, egg, like, that's egg all over I'm your face. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it, but I definitely... S- Put a lot can of we, praise on it. Can we in our end of year show? Can we get that clip? I think we'll have to. I'll, I'll find the clip from the from the it was the game of the year. There's podcast no way. No 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 way. <laughs> it will be bad. We'll do a little remix. Whoa! Egg on your face. Um, Undertale's getting a live show that will yeah, let the audience sure. choose the outcome of the show. This okay. is this is how slow the news week's been. <laughs> it's not a um, lot going on. It's been, oh, do you, Carl? How long has it been? Uh, because I think what's happened while we were doing the podcast was it this year? Was the Fortnite um, live this year? That was this year. That was while we were doing the podcast as well. <laughs> when, when was that? I can't remember, but it was. I remember us talking about that on the podcast. Fortnite live. <sighs> uh, that was so. Undertale's got a lot to. Oh, this so. is a bit different. Let's... So Fortnite Live was a was a <laughs> was an event where a lot of people went to and they did to archery. The um... <laughs> it, you had archery. You had like a camper van or something, <laughs> and like a little tunnel. It wasn't official. Um, Undertale it was not official. Undertale Live is a concert of Undertale music, but it's like there's going to be a storyline that goes through the concert as well, mm. and people watching could influence the outcome of the storyline, just like in Undertale itself. Based on like what choices they make. All right, Cal. Let me ask you this: If you were gonna do a shit Undertale show, yep. like a Fortnite Live, what would you put in it? Okay, um, it's one person with a yeah. MIDI keyboard, mm-hmm. and they're playing the music. Oh no, there's there's three people playing one the music badly. One person's on a MIDI keyboard uh, in a big a big room. Um, not mm. a lot of people have come to see it. Like they didn't sell enough tickets, so people are quite yeah. quite interspersed. The 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 acoustics aren't very good. Um, there's also two other people who are dressed up as uh, uh, Sans and Papai in a very cheap skeleton outfit. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and they're like they're, they're like dancing to to the music like awkwardly all the way through the show. Yeah, 
That's, that's and what you get and there's one bowl of spaghetti that you can touch if you want. <laughs> what, what, is wait, spaghetti related to Undertale? Uh, I think Papyrus makes you spaghetti, doesn't he? Oh, maybe I, don't, I can't remember. It's been a while since I played it. Um, although regular questioner Rosanna is always encouraging us to to get back into it. It's her favorite game. Um, yeah, it's that's what. What about you? What would in fact? Let me ask you a different question. Yeah. What do you think? What game? has the most potential to have a bad live show. So Fortnite, or not just necessarily a show, but like a bad live event. Like what game wouldn't make that transition to the real world? Um Skyrim. Yes. It's like a, a <laughs> like a bad lap. Skyrim would just be you get, Welcome, you get sent out to the wilderness and just a lot of people die. Like they, they, <laughs> yeah. they get put to like the Nordic fjords. You're just in like just, a real Norwegian village. Yeah. <laughs> and but you think you're the you're the dragonborn, yeah. so like you're doing all the scrap. You're like stealing plates. <laughs> <laughs> you got just got a, a, someone who's like guiding you, tell you to do these things, and then you get yeah. arrested or something, or, or murdered, <laughs> or you just get like killed mm. by like a, a like an iceberg or something. Yeah. Um, what would a Sonic live event be like? Well, we know because Sega put on the Sonic 25th anniversary show. What? And that was a Sonic live event. Oh god, yeah, you're right. Okay, so that doesn't count. So we know we know what would it it would involve dancing Sonics, a lot of technical problems, and um <laughs> the, the, the the band um Crush 41. Yes. Like calling out to the audience and no one responding. Jute Nukem live. Um that's just any like sexist man. <laughs> Uh, but you, you just go in like you need like a buff dude and he will just like say kind of offensive and like sexist things to you you just get to hang out with him for a day and he just says awful like, shit it's in day. like a really dingy strip club yeah I like it okay that's good uh, <laughs> next story uh, former Mass Effect Bethesda and Sleeping Dogs Development developers have found a new studio called Brass Line Entertainment, and it's focused on delivering games that explore a diversity of voices and cultures. Cool. And this is from GameSpot. <laughs> After leaving Bioware in 2017, former Mass Effect senior gameplay designer Manvia here said he wasn't getting out of game design entirely, but that he wanted to focus on new types of stories, ones that focus on diverse voices. Earlier this month, he revealed that what he has been working on is an indie studio called Brassline Entertainment, and the team's first project is Corner Wolves, a narrative-focused game set in 1990s Harlem. Um, they definitely want to get that authenticity, they've said. It allows them to write a lot of different characters from a lot of different backgrounds, so they can have a lot of different lenses on the same problem, so that the player kind of choose what angle they like to approach things from, or what their thought processes are on to how to solve these issues. Interesting. I think I think it's so cool. A, that, good, um, a good goal. I don't know how how diverse is the actual staff. So, uh, not sure. It doesn't it, really go into. I don't that. know. But okay, I, I'd cool. imagine with if but, this is the intention, and hopefully quite but, diverse. You know, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully they'll hire like a diverse group of people. All right, cool. So in, cor- in Corner Wolves, you play as Jacinth Jacinti, an Afro Latina woman who works in her father's bodega, only to arrive at a store one day to find that he's been murdered. She decides to find out who his murderer is and discover the motives behind his death. She's intelligent, so you can talk your way out of most of the problems you'll encounter in the game, but she can also brawl in melee-based combat if needed. However, okay. because, of, because of her race and economic status, you'll have to learn how to handle certain people and how to adjust your vocabulary when encountering others. Sounds interesting. Um, yeah, sure. Hopefully it's I'm done well. Like, yeah, hopefully. It, well, we'll look forward to that and see if it's any good. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure a few years away yet. Yeah, probably. 
probably a couple yep. of years away. All right, well, good, good for them. That's a good goal of having a, a diverse company. Hopefully they achieve it. And then finally, uh, um, it's the Keeleys. It's the, it's the Game Advertisements. It's the, <laughs> the Game Advertisement Awards. Um, the Game Awards have announced who their nominees are. This is the quote-unquote uh, biggest award ceremony in games. It tries to be gaming's <sighs> Oscars. It's run how, by... how do you feel about games having an Oscars-type thing? I don't do know, because I think it's so it's such a different experience. Because games are primarily played out um, as ex- things that you're, you're personally experiencing through your own actions... It's different to like a movie where you're seeing what someone else is specifically showing yeah. to you. I mean, I kind of like the idea of having like an award ceremony that we can like talk about and kind of make fun of. Yes. Um, <laughs> but obviously, like I feel kind of sorry for Jeff Keighley because I can I can clearly see that like he wants his legacy to be about more than just Mountain Dew and Doritos. Yeah, I think we said like, that he previously, really wants- but absolutely. Like yeah, I I've probably said it previously. Like he clearly he I probably said it last year yeah, when we we're probably. talking about the game awards. But like he clearly wants to like he loves games and he wants to really kind of create something that's gonna like contribute positively. He just he just can't do it without um you know being in bed with like big money. Yeah, and I think it's 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 tricky because he's doing this himself. It's not like, like how does the Oscars work? Like, Oscars is such a prestigious. Okay, it, maybe it so, shouldn't be. It probably shouldn't because it's all a load of old white dudes. Well, but the Oscars was invented to like give the movie industry more artistic legitimacy. There we go. Yeah, because exactly. It was founded in the nineteen twenties. Um, the the big studios put together to for um the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, which was. Um, but there we go. It's yeah, formed by a group of studios. It's all, yeah. like an actual organization has been formed. Rather than one guy who's just trying his best to do this, you know. Yeah. I mean, I know this is more than just Jeff Keighley. How do you vote? Oh, do do players vote? What? Sorry. Yes, you can vote on the website. You vote on the website for yeah. winners. Um, okay, whereas in the Oscars, they're chosen by members of the Academy. So these are all chosen by um, people from games publications the, all across the, the world. Uh, the shortlists are chosen. Then people can vote on it, but the 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 website votes only count towards ten percent of the overall markings. Okay. So everything else is still chosen ultimately by these by these. Shows. I'm noticing that best family game is all Switch games. Of course, it's the only family console. It's it's the only yeah I guess it's the only console with pub with people interested in putting out games for the whole family. Yeah, um, I think it's good like a good thing. I just think it's let down by the fact that it's produced, uh, it, hosted by and sort of like run by Jeff Keighley. Like it, it, uh, he he owns uh, all of this show essentially. You know, he oversees I, all of it. it, it in, I, I want at, at times to, it feels yeah. like a Jeff Keighley show as opposed to anything else. And he's a good guy. I, I want to say that the best indie game category is sponsored by Subway, and it's called Fresh Indie yeah. Game. What more could you want? <laughs> Eat fresh, everyone. <laughs> what more could you want? <laughs> um, the game, the the what the ones that I suppose the big award for the night is the game of the year. And um, the games that are nominated for that are Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and The Outer Worlds. I'm really surprised that The Outer Worlds is on there. Mm. It's a good game. I just didn't think it would be like game of the year worthy for, for this sort of crowd, you know. Um, Death Stranding, I think, is the obvious weird one there because Death Stranding was announced at the Game Awards... Jeff Keighley is in that game as an mm-hmm. NPC, um, and he has a very close friendship with Kojima, 
So to have it nominated for Game of the Year, and Jeff Keighley has said that he has no input in what actually gets nominated, but to have it there feels very odd to me. Mm. When when Kojima once couldn't come to the Game Awards for Metal Gear Solid Five, Konami wouldn't let him. Keighley made an impassion, like a passionate uh, announcement to the camera, where he's like, "We wanted to have Kojima here tonight, but the company he works for would not let him come." This is such an upsetting moment for us at the Game Awards, but we just want to let Kojima know that we all love his game and we are supporting him every step of the way. It's just like, God, oh, he, he absolutely loves Kojima and to have Kojima's latest game on there weeks after it came out, it just feels... It, it doesn't matter. It, ultimately, it doesn't matter, but it just makes it... It feels weird, you know? Yeah, it, well, I, think it, I think it takes away some of the legitimacy of this. Well, watch for Game Awards or don't... I don't care. We didn't even talk about Half-Life Alex. We did it at the very start. A bit, yeah, but like well, they've announced a new Half-Life game. It's going to be for VR only. Um, yeah. Okay. How do you feel I about feel that? like it's a very niche product now. Um Yeah. I think I think Valve, Valve want a big hitter, right? Like Valve is crowned- Yeah, but why would you make a big hitter for VR? Because they want VR to have its its selling point, right? They want I don't they have want a thousand pounds to spend. Of course on the VR not. Headset. But they need something to make people want to get more VR. Like this oh, yeah. VR needs its its heavy hitter. And I think that Valve hoping is this is going to be it. Like there's no there's no real like big games for VR. They're no, they're more of these smaller experiences. VR. Like Beat Saber is quite a big game for VR, but it's a rhythm game. You know, there's there's no mm-hmm. big experience game like for 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 VR available right now, and I guess Valve are trying to create that. Okay, Cal, do we got some questions? We do have some questions, so that's that's the end of the news. Onto the questions, the final part of the podcast. You can hear me stalling for time as I try to bring up the questions. <laughs> um, the first question comes from Lee, regular question In- contributor. Where? Manchester. Uh, just gonna, Manchester. I'm just going to say their name now. Uh, he asks, what are your favourite board games? Hmm. Do you have an answer for that? Yeah, I do. Well, I've got a lot of favourite board games. Um, I really love uh, a Make game it called three. Twilight Struggle. Oh, Alright, three. Twilight Struggle. What's Twilight Struggle? Uh, it's a two-player game. It's a strategy game about the Cold War. It's, it was for a long time the highest rated game on Board Game Geek. It's a very tense, uh, very deep strategy game. Um, where you know you're 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 one player in the United States, one player in the Soviet Union. You're basically trying to play through the Cold War to kind of gain the most influence in other countries and kind of get points that way. I would say very good. The mechanics are both influenced by the setting, so the kind of the game, the way you spread influence, you have to like spread from one country to another. So that kind of kind of plays into kind of domino theory and Cold War ideas of how these things spread. Uh, and yeah, it's really good. It's a classic. Would really recommend if you like uh, kind of detailed strategy games like that. It's not too complicated. It is like it's like simple but deep. You know, you don't. Um, and it's you play a game in kind of a, an hour or two. Nice. Really. I do like my uh, board really games good. that don't take too long. Mm. It's always good. Uh, do you want to do one? And do you want to just trade off? No, you can go through a couple more. All right. Uh, number two, Galaxy Trucker. Amazing game. If you've not played Galaxy Trucker, it's um. A game where you want to, you're building a truck, uh, a spaceship to like get you across the galaxy with your your cargo. Uh, the first part of the game is you and your friends. You've got a big pile of spaceship parts in the middle of the table, and you in real time you have to grab them, and you're trying to build the best ship you can against a time limit. 
and that's really cool. And then you go through um, kind of events, you know, weird and wacky events that you get on space, and your ship gets blown apart properly, and it's a lot of fun as you all kind of laugh. Nice. Nice. Uh, like it. Event. What's, like a, what's a third really good game? Um, I kind of think, what would I pull out of a pile? Uh, there's so many, so many great games uh i've played okay uh, name, i really name a third i really one. like name a third <laughs> one uh what would i always play regardless of um uh oh you do one i'll name i'll name a third one okay in a minute snakes and ladders mint game <laughs> you, you, you bastard you get to go along the you get to climb up some ladders but if you hit a snake you gotta go back down <laughs> you go down that snake i don't know why uh I know that you actually for real play board games, so I don't know why you're um, being serious. Monopoly, love getting the money, buying the houses, sometimes upgrading them to a hotel, making people pay when they land on them. Very good, very satisfying. Fun for all the family. Uh, chess, bit of an old one, bit niche these days, but <laughs> uh, you've got your pawns, your queen, your king. You think the queen, uh, there is a king there, you think the queen wouldn't be that strong because she's sort of like, you know, you think the king would be the strongest. Not true. Queen could go anywhere. Queen could do whatever she wants. King, she's a hashtag girl boss. King's sort of just there. Just, you can move one space at a time. Not very good. Uh, I have to protect him. Those are my uh, my favourite books. Do you think the queen should leave the king and go on to live her best life? Yeah. But she's not protecting this lumbering... No, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Guy, all right. My cool. actual favourite board games... Uh, does D and D count? That's pen and paper, isn't it? Uh, that's, a, that's a role playing game, but you can say you can say D and D if you want. Um, I really like this. This is an old one, but I really like the Pokemon board game. Like from the very, did you, did you ever play? I that? remember that. Oh, it's so good. I've got it. <laughs> it's it's, really it's, re- it's genuinely really Ooh. good. It can we play that the next time I come? We up? can do. It manages to capture Ooh. the Pokemon spirit in a board game form very well. I, I was very impressed by that. Um, Munchkin isn't like very complex, but I think it's quite fun to play with people who don't, don't usually like, play don't board like games. I know you don't really okay. like Munchkin, but it's um, it's very random and luck based. But I think it's quite quite fun to play. I'm gonna say um, third board game Power Grid um, because I've had a strategy game, kind of a a light heart, a more light hearted game, and then I have an economic game. It's Power Grid. I think there've been a lot of economic games. Power Grid still does, I think, captures a really uh, good kind of sense of economy where it's very kind of strategic where you have to make good decisions but it doesn't get overloaded and kind of pointless subsystems power grid is really good um twilight Imper- what's the next question twilight imperium is also very good i quite like that oh game. twilight imperium is really good and i would say that's obviously that's like an eight hour game yeah that's a long one that's that's something where you're you're each part of a space nation i played to over the galaxy um i've played like 12 hour board games sounds, before sounds bad uh I once went. But I'm not going to recommend to people. A, a no, of course not. Um, I'm not going to recommend a 12-hour game about the wars of the um, <laughs> the wars, not the wars of the roses. Uh, there's a good game called Here I Stand, which is a 12-hour board game about the wars of Reformation. You can get you can get it done in 10 hours if you know what you're doing. <laughs> which which no one does because you play it once and you think, oh, that was good. Well, let's never play that again. Mm-hmm. Every time you want to play it again, it's with new people and you have to explain mm-hmm. it every time. Um, I once went on a date. It was a Callum, Gate, Callum date story. Uh, we do quite often in a podcast now. A uh, date to a board game cafe. First date again with a girl. And it went very well. We, we played some board games. There was a board game I played that I've always wanted to play since. It's like this little submarine game where you start off in a submarine. You've got to move your person down. But like you, you might run out of air. 
and like the it's like oh a that's risk called deep sea adventure yeah i really want to play it again how much is it deep oh sea, it's good deep sea adventure let's have a look yeah it's not that it's like uh not that expensive i want it because i really enjoyed that what? game that's the best part oh, of the go day. get it you can get it now they're available in the uk now those games Oh, it's like fifteen pounds on Amazon. Okay, I might have to. Yeah, have to that, that publisher publishes a lot of like nice little games like that. Yeah, that's um, PC Adventure. Really that was a, that was a really cool game. Uh, didn't end up seeing her again, but it was it was still. But you did you win the adventure? I think so. I can't remember. It was a good date. Yeah, okay. But then she said that she couldn't imagine me with any of her friends and just sort of called it off. This is the one who okay. didn't who thought oh. she, she was older than me, and she didn't like yeah. that I didn't know that the. Post office was shut. The post office, it. yeah. Okay, I see. Yeah, so caught it off. Um, fair enough. Entitled to do whatever she wants. Uh, next question that we have is from Christoph. If you can have any game for Christmas, what would it be? Hmm. Any game. Any game at any all. Game. Any game at all. What would, you, what uh, would it be? Dear Father Christmas, <laughs> for this Christmas... I really want a copy of um, Giant Citizen Kabuto from 2001 for PC because it's quite rare now and I like those old boxes. Sincerely, Scott. (laughs) The old boxes. Age 28. (laughs) Almost. Not quite. Uh... We've had had our all big releases for the year. Yeah, but I'm thinking like... um... So for me, this question is like, what's Any your, game. what's your like, what's a game that's not released, but you're like, I want that for Ooh. Christmas, you know, it, it comes out. For me, it's probably like a, um, I don't even, it's a really tricky question. Like, I would love a Rocket League sequel. I think is for me like my ideal game. Oh, a game that's and, not even announced. I want, yeah, exactly. This, this is what I want. I want like a, a like a story based Rocket League where where it has the the is more than just playing the game Rocket League. Like maybe there's like there's like some stunts that, like games like mini games you got to play or like you. Well, got... do you want it to be like it's a Pokemon structure game, but you're a car in the Rocket League? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you got to win like Rocket League battles against people. Give uh, me give that. me give me Pokemon Emblem. Give me Fire Emblem. Three houses, but it's Pokemon. Again, so you want a, you want a Pokemon Conquest sequel? Yeah, yeah, give me well, yeah, give me more Pokemon Conquest. Just give <laughs> give me that. Okay. So, Pokemon, Pokemon Total War. That sounds good. Um, speaking of Pokemon, Olivia asks, "What's your favorite Pokemon?" Oh, that's easy. It's uh, Vanillux. Oh yeah, the whole the vanilla vanillish Vanillux uh, evolution line. I think I've had this favorite. question before. I don't know. Uh, for me, it's Scrafty. He's who's from. He's, he's the he's the one with the the baggy trousers. He's a fighting and dark okay. type. Either Scrafty okay. or from the latest game, I really like the flaming centipede. He's he's a cool mm. dude. I like Corviknight. Yeah, because, uh, more like Jeremy Corbinite. <laughs> like it. Vote Labour. <laughs> um, Olivia asked a couple of other questions actually. What's the best starter Pokemon? Uh, I'm gonna say, hmm. Uh, I'm, I always choose the water type. That's what you've got to know about me. I usually go grass, but this time I went fire. Mm. Yeah, um, I think um, I like I think it's good old Squirtle. Uh, boring. Just a, just a turtle, uh, and isn't the it? One, what was the one from Gold and Silver? Uh, Totodile. Totodile's a really good choice, actually. Yeah, yeah Totodile's great. Exactly. Um, for me, I think it's probably Chimchar. I love that little monkey. Fire monkey. He, goes, he becomes a, a, a... Which game was that from? Uh, Diamond and Pearl. I did not play those mm. ones. 
Uh, I also really like Tepig and Snivy. Mm-hmm. Snivy's great from Black and White. Love, love Snivy. Very, very sarcastic looking. Very sassy. Um, what's your favorite thing from IKEA? Um, I've, I don't, I don't know if I've ever bought anything from IKEA. For me, it's like the weird kitchen utensils you can get. Love a weird kitchen um, utensil. I'm going to say um, shelves. <laughs> you can get a little thing that holds your phone in the kitchen so you can read like food things off of it while you're cooking. That's quite cool. And then finally from Olivia again, what's the best Mario game? It's a really easy answer. Uh, Super Mario 3D World. 3D World, I agree. Best one. 100%, no other answer. Best one no one's played. Mm. Which then brings us to the end of the podcast. Scott, what have you learned hey. this week? I've learned um, the Game Wars will never be a big deal. Um, <laughs> I've learned I have a promising career um, making bad Pokemon live, uh, not Pokemon, video game live shows. Yep. And um, yeah, and also I learned to vote Labour. You should vote Labour. Because it is every, every yeah. podcast until... No, you really election. should. Please do. Is, uh, unless yeah. you're not in the UK. Yeah, <laughs> which but case if you, you can, know, if you have vote for your Labour equivalent, vote for the most left wing candidate you can. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Scott, for joining us. Uh, oh yeah, it's been fun. If you wasn't, as, we thought we'd be sleepy. We, we managed all right. We were, we were, we managed. It. If you'd like to ask a, pe- a question for the podcast, you can either do it a day before we record on my Instagram, or you can send an email to nerdanogeek at yeah. We do have an Instagram. Yeah, uh, you can contact us there. I do it on my own Instagram. Yeah, well, you should start doing it on our official Probably. Instagram. <laughs> I'm very bad at using it. Uh, nerd- Why will we get your friends? Nerdandorgeek at gmail.com. Uh, you can yeah. tweet us at supercatdad or at nerdandorgeek. Send me your questions. Send them to me. Yeah, exactly. Send them. Um, I've been Cal Doughty. I've been Scott Hunter. Have a great couple of weeks. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.